From the Shepherd House International in Georgetown, Guyana, Bishop Victor Connors Asabre, anointed by God, will inspire you with rare and down-to-earth but provoking teachings from the Word of God to love the Lord deeply and to devote yourself to His work. Discover how God can change your life and ministry forever. Now, here is Bishop Collins. Ah, come on. You can do better than that. Amen. <laughs> beautiful, 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 beautiful. Hallelujah. Let's pray before we, we start. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray for just a minute or two. Commit your mind, your heart into the hands of the Lord. Say, Lord, speak to me. Lord, open my eyes. Lord, touch my heart. If you can pray for just a minute or two, it will be great. Say, Father, I pray for my heart. I pray for my mind. Just a word of, or two to the Lord before we pray. Speak to my heart, Lord Jesus. Speak, O oh Lord, speak, O oh Lord, to my heart. Speak to my mind. Speak to my mind. Speak Now 
says despise not small beginnings we know it you have brought us a mighty long way from nowhere and therefore the beginning of a new thing is just a wonderful privilege and a blessing to behold thank you for this wonderful privilege to be of a blessing to these wonderful souls wonderful lives that lord you have birthed into this world i pray for understanding I pray for understanding. I pray for understanding. The seed that fell by the side of the road, the seed that fell among thorns, the Bible says, He that heareth the word and understandeth it not. May understanding be the portion of these precious ones as we go through your word. May today be the beginning of a great destiny and a great lifetime for these ones. I give you praise, I give you the honor. In Jesus' name. Somebody said, Amen. Hallelujah. Beautiful. You may be seated, please, in the presence of the Lord. Yeah, Jonathan, I was wondering why you don't need light. I thought the light wasn't enough. The cameraman should know you need light. Hallelujah. You're very welcome to our maiden, maiden conference. Maiden conference. Pastors, kids, unlimited conference. Hallelujah. And it's good to have you. One thing I want you to know is that everything uh, begins small. Even you, you are a small seed in your mother's womb. Look at your head. <laughs> Look at your face. Look at the things that you have. You, you started like that. You, you get it. And so, I, as a spiritual man, I acknowledge the beginning of great things by or from a small point. Amen. Yeah, could you? That's Hestic. It's Vaughn. Vaughn. Pronounce it well. Vaughn Hestic. Okay. Yeah. Everything starts small. That's small. So people are going to come, I'm sure. And if they don't come, it's a good start. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Bible says, where two or three are gathered in my name. She is that. He said, there I am in their midst. So, believe that God is here. I said, God is here. Hallelujah. All right. So, 17 years in Guyana, God has been laying a lot of things on my heart. I am not new to starting things. Are you there? I am not new to starting things. 
I started by the grace of God a church called Lighthouse Chapel International, now Shepherd House, 17 years ago. I came here with my wife and two small girls who have become big girls now. Yeah, there were five and three when we came here. Now they are 20 and 23. Yeah, they were little like that when we came in. And we started, I started Lighthouse Chapel International. And this used to be where I used to pastor. Now when they came in, they are telling me the place is small. I said, but this is where you grew up. They say you grew up. They say you used to eat. They say you used to play around. This was our main place. And so we started a church 17 years ago. God has blessed us with churches. God has blessed us with pastors. God has blessed us with people. God has blessed us with bad experiences. God has blessed us with good experiences. And we are still on doing the work of God. 2020, the Lord laid my heart to start a pastor's association. That's two years ago, during the pandemic. That's how I got to meet this wonderful man of God, Apostle Abenati June, who is here very nicely this morning in his nice t-shirt to support me. Apostle, <laughs> you're very welcome. I'm grateful you're here. That's when I met Pastor Samuel Davidson, Samuel Maxwell Davidson McPherson, whose, whose daughters are also here today. Beautiful, nice man of God. Amen. I, I, I appreciate him so much. I met Pastor Marlon. All the pastors who are part of the association, I had to start the association to meet Apostle June. I had to start the association to meet Pastor Sam McPherson. And I believe that we have to start PK Plus to meet you too. What do you think about that? Yes. To meet Vaughn Hestick. Yeah. Hallelujah. And so, I am not a newcomer to starting things. When we started a, a Give Thyself Holy Pastors Association, we in a meeting one day, and there's a pastor who joined from Babies, and we asked him, is he going to join? He said, oh. There are many people start things, and it doesn't go anywhere. I was so sad, because he doesn't know who I am. Because if God is the rock of ages, <laughs> if God is our solid rock, then when we start something that God is inside, it should also be established. That's what I know and that's what I believe. And so I will not start things by the grace of God as God leads me and it doesn't work. And so slowly, some people don't know me, which is also okay. You don't have to know me. God knows me. I said, God knows me. We invited a pastor's kid and, um, you know, he said he's busy. So I... I spoke to my secretary. I said, tell him I want to meet him outside a conference. Maybe one day somewhere. He said, oh, he'll try. And so, you, you know, she was asking him if he knows me. He said, oh, he's heard about me. Amen. This is going to be big. I said, one day, this will be in a big place. You see a lot of pastor's sons, pastor's daughters, I tell you. And it is a time for God. God wants to call all of you together for a special reason. So, PK plus, the plus means an addition to who you are already. Many people, some people say, oh, I'm part of a group. Why should I, there's a PK plus group, why should I join another? This one is not even joining. This one is a movement. It's not those uh, 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 well, quiet, not so useful groups that you have around. I promise you, once you are part of this movement, your life is never going to be the same again. 
I said, your life is never going to be the same again. Yeah? I can tell you, we started Give Thyself Holy. This year, we are going to Ghana, West Africa, for a conference. Pastor Sam is going, Apostle is going. We had to start these things for people to even go to Africa. You can never be bored in this. As long as I am the one who is inside, by the grace of God, God is on my side and things will get better. So, you are picky already. You may have some attention here and there. You may have association here and there. But this one is a movement. It's an added value. There's a value that God wants to add to your life. That's why the conference is pastors, kids, unlimited. Unlimited. As much as God is concerned, as far as God is concerned, there is no limitation to your life. As as far as God is concerned, there is no limitation to your life. And you see, there are a lot of things in this life that, a lot of things in Christianity that many people, we don't get training or we don't get information enough to get ourselves into. One thing that many people don't go to school to learn to be is a wife. There's no classes for a wife. So if you want to be a wife, you don't go to global technology. As I want to do a six-month course to be a wife. There's nothing like that. To be a wife, you just, somebody has to just choose you, married you, take you to the church, married you, put you in the house. You are a wife already with all the problems and the challenges. And then when you fail, the society blames you. That's why God is God. God does not look at the things that people look at to disqualify people. Because God knows the beginning from the end. And he knows the end from the beginning. And so, you don't go to school to be a wife. Even a father. You don't go to school to be a father. So, when your father doesn't behave the way you expect, you shouldn't blame him because you are coming home. You are also growing up. And you are not also going to a school to be raised to be a father. So, you will do double of the mistake that he has made. Am I preaching already? I've not even started. But I'm preaching. I, I, okay. Yeah. So, you can't start and begin to blame people in the church realm for mistakes they made because a lot of things in the church, people are not taught. Now, some women are, okay, they know how to become a wife or they know how to behave as a wife, but they don't know how to behave as a pastor's wife. That's another place. A wife is different from a pastor's wife because a pastor's wife, you have to share your husband with the whole church. You can say, church over. Man, let me go home, man, babes. Let me go home. It's not let me go home time. You galang, I'm going to come later. But you see, around our society, a lot of the wives pull the husbands with them home. Because you have to learn how to be a pastor's wife. And so to be a pastor's child also, there's no school. And so your mistakes are quite big in the eyes of people. <laughs> Your shortcomings, I mean, the only thing you know is that mommy and daddy says, don't do this, don't do that. And you can be very pressured in the house. Because, of course, because we are men of God, we don't expect you to disgrace us. But you don't understand it. Because there's no school you are going to to become a pastor's kid. There's no school for that. We have been educated all our life as men of God, knowing the Bible and using the Bible. But you just came around. I said, you just came around. And so, a lot of the things about pastor's children are misunderstood. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? And that is why 
a movement like this is necessary for us here. Pastors, children go through all kinds of problems. Some become gay. Some become what? Uh, whatever. Drug addicts. Okay, some go off. Okay. Pastors, we have problems though. Because we spend our time looking after people's children. The people who are with me, moving around with me, they are not my biological children. The only biological child I have here is this boy here. And his two sisters who are here for just a short time to deceive us. They are going back very soon. <laughs> Everybody else who I travel with, who I move around with, who sit in my car, enjoy my AC, enjoy my music, enjoy my money, enjoy my time, my attention. They are not my biological children. My biological children are somewhere else. They don't even experience half of the things other people experience with me in ministry. So, one of the statements I want to make to you, a pastor's child, is that your dad is not enough for you. Your parents are not enough for you. Don't make a mistake. You see, your father is not a pa- your father can never be a pastor to you. He's your father. He's not your pastor. He's not your pastor. Your mother cannot be a, a pastor to you. She's your mother. And once that biological link is there, it's so difficult to move into the spiritual side. It takes a very spiritual child to be influenced by his biological father in both the natural and the supernatural. Am I saying something? I should have said something. Am I saying something? You see, your father is your father at the end of the day. Your mother is your mother at the end of the day. When my son, when we are going to church and he's late, I rather press his clothes for him so we don't go late. But I don't press your clothes. Yeah. My son sees me in my book talk in the house. You don't see me in my book talk. You don't even have, if you see it, you die. <laughs> so that that makes people who are very close to you, it makes it very difficult to have a certain impact on them. Because they see you very ordinary. I don't know if you've ever, ever seen me or heard me fart before. No matter, you can't even imagine. Some of you think that I don't fart. No, I don't. I'm a man of God, I don't. <laughs> yeah. But maybe if we're in the house and we are sitting down and eating, my children are around, my wife is around. Ah, why? Am I not free in my own house? Ah, I can't kill myself. At least if I'm with you, I'll just sit very tight. <laughs> And then let the gas go out or, or let the gas stay inside. So you will not see the, a certain side of me. So it makes you receive more from me than my child who hears me do all those things. So you have to understand the first statement I want to make. And that's why 
becoming exposed to another trustworthy man of God is going to be critical for your future. Is that your parents, no matter how anointed they are, they cannot have an impact on you spiritually. It's difficult. You won't receive. I remember when my, my daughter Lois used to sing solo here. One morning I told Lois, you are singing today. She said, man, daddy. Man, daddy. That's what she told me. Come and sing Sunday morning. She's telling me in the house, man, daddy. Which means that she's not in the mood to sing today. But I have singers. People ask Cherry, Cherry, you are singing this Sunday. She can't tell me, man, bishop. I will slap her. <laughs> she can't tell me, man, bishop. She, she, won't, she will not even try. If I tell Mika, Mika, you are singing. The next question is, please, what song do you want me to sing? She will say, man, bishop, I ain't there in the mood today. You there in the mood? You be, you there in the mood. And, 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 for, for, let me, let me just even take it this way. It's just like husband and wife. A wife can tell the husband she's not in the mood for intercourse. But if, if the husband is to meet a stranger on the roadside, she will not say that she's not in the mood. Think about it. So, the closer you are to somebody, the, the difficult it is to receive from the person spiritually. Did I say it again? I said, the closer you are to somebody, the more difficult it is to receive the person spiritually. If you are close to somebody naturally, it's difficult to receive from the person spiritually. That is why I have told my two girls, they live abroad. And they are being pastored by one of our bishops, a senior brother in London who is their pastor. He's the one who pastors them. And I'm glad because I don't know how they would have, you see, they, they, they walk around, and if they were here all this while, they would have been very different. Because I remember my daughter, Titi, when she was going to Roses, she had some fancy friends. Fancy friends who lunchtime will, will order Popeye, Popeye. And me, I'll give she food. Her mother will give her food in a bowl and take to school. So at a point, you feel like you are, you are a stranger. You feel like you are very funny. And so you feel like you are, your, your, your father, your parents are not treating you well. So because other parents' children are, are treating them to Popeyes. So she had a friend. I didn't like the friend. Yeah, I don't want to mention anything. <laughs> I said, I don't like this, your friend. But I think she, she got her into trouble one time. And when she came back, when she came for holidays, the, the, the girl has grown. I think a Gigi or something. Came with a car, took her, up, took her out and all of that. I said, wow, same friend. Are, are you with me? So, I am making this first statement, which you have to, you have to meditate over it. If you don't get another man of God to deal with you, your spiritual, the spirituality and things about you spiritual, you, you, you'll be a failure. I'm telling you. And in a system and in a, in, a, in a society like in Guyana, I am sure you will feel bad. What, I, what a natural father can influence a natural child to do is to go to school and do well. To anoint you and, and, and pour oil on your head and lima. You, you, you hardly do those things. You, 
You see, a man of God has to be provoked supernaturally to lay his hands. And the way we are in the house and moving around and even the way you behave about this man, wash my car, you didn't wash my car. When we go to church, I don't even feel like praying for you. <laughs> Doesn't ask you to wash my car. You see how you, you're moving slow and you're dragging your feet. And you, you, I almost slapped you. Even this man, I slapped you before you came to. So, when I'm praying for people, I said, let him stay at the back there. Let me just pray for him. So, spiritual things are very, the, the only thing that fights spiritual things is being natural. The scripture says it. That's Corinthians. The Bible says, the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit. Because they are foolishness to him. But the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God. And so you and your parents are natural. It says, let me tell you, it's very difficult to go and tell your father about the girl you like. Adam, why are you smiling? You, you, you tell Raphael, it's you and Joshua. These are pastor's children. <laughs> you go and tell Professor that. You, 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 who, who, you like Kalisha. You go and tell your father that. You go and tell your father that. You go back to Shama. You go back to Shama. We'll take you back to Shama. Yeah. Yeah, no. But you see, he can come and tell me. Did I ask me a question about Kalisha? He, he was surprised that I asked him that question. He was surprised. Because he thinks I don't know things. I know things. He dare not talk to his father about the girl he says he likes. You see, one day, a young lady messaged me and said, Bishop, I said, yes, sweetie. He said, this guy is getting very close to me. He says he likes me. I said, oh, really? Now, what do you think? He said, she, the, the lady said, well, I think I also like him. I said, well, then it's two likes. So it's... Two ticks, two likes. That's a good one. So they started, you know, relating, communicating and all of that. Then the girl's mother, who is in the church, messaged me one day and said, Bishop, I see that my daughter and some guy, they are very close these days. And I asked her and she told me that you have given them permission to talk. So she asked me, what does it mean? So I said, what does it mean when two people are talking? They are just talking. You see, I know the woman and I know how strict she is. The daughter can never tell her, right, that this is, I like somebody. Because parents have a certain expectation of their children. My daughter Lois says she wants to, uh, she, 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 her passion, one of her passion is to to go to Asia. To, you know, so she watched a lot of Korean movies. So I said, I'll find Yonggi Cho to, for her to marry Yonggi Cho. She says she doesn't mind. You see, and, and she can receive from me when I play into the things she likes. But parents normally don't do that. We have what we like and you must choose what we like. It's final. But sometimes... As a parent, as a spiritual parent, you have to know how to work with your children. And it is not so easy to do that. It's not so easy. You get it? So I'm making this first statement. I don't know who your father is. Your father could be the Pope. 
it is not easy for him to have an influence and impact on you the way God wants. It is not easy. So what we need to understand in Guyana as pastor's children is to find another pastor and relate with him. You will love your father and get closer to your father when you do that. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Now, my daughters, I, they, they behave like I have three wives in the house. But it is because I gave them away. The Bible said, if you lose anything, you will gain it. As much as it's difficult to have them grow up uh, how many thousands of miles away and the punishment and the suffering they go through at McDonald's and all these places where they are at. What is happening is that life, as they are on their own in England, it is also helping and giving them a certain kind of growth. So, I can't... I mean, I like moving. I like to sweep. I like to mop. I like to wash dishes. When they see me trying to do something, they say, big man, what's wrong with you? What happened to you? You can't do that. But if they were here all the time, they will sit down and will be on their phone and will not even see that daddy is sweeping. And for, and for some of you, I think it's like that in your house. Daddy will sweep and you will not say anything. Mommy will sweep and it's not a problem. And you're on your phone. And you're watching something. You're watching death announcement when mommy is, is cooking. You are still sleeping. You wake up 10 a.m., 11 a.m. Mommy and daddy can't say anything because when they say you, you, you vex. Face turn up. Are you listening? So my first major statement I want to make is that your parents are not able, not because they cannot, but because of the natural relationship that exists, it is difficult for you to receive from them. Those of you who are quiet, quiet, quiet growing up, it's just a matter of time. And if you want to challenge what I'm, what I'm talking about, look around Guyana, maybe Yvonne, He's older, so he will probably understand it. Look around guy and see how many pastors' children are pastoring. How many pastors' sons are pastoring? Many of them don't even want to preach. Because there has been a failure in passing on that spiritual heritage onto our children because of the natural relationship we have. And so somebody else has to step in as a substitute father because there are types of fathers in this life. There's a father called a substitute father. He comes in at a point in your life to help you with this. My bishop, Bishop Dagwood Mills, has been a spiritual father to me and a substitute father also because at a point when you grow and you're a big man, nobody tells you what to do. But when you're a big man, you still need guidance. Hello. I said, when you become big, when you cross 18 and you think that, hey, you're okay and this and that, and, and then you don't need your parents, whatever. You need somebody because life, life is not, life is so complex that you can't do things by yourself. Abraham had to look for a woman for his son Isaac. When Isaac was of age, Abraham had to send his, his chief servant to go somewhere and look for a woman and bring him her to Isaac. Like Isaac don't know anything he wants. 
And so, when you say that you are 18, you are 19, you are 20, and therefore you don't need guidance, you are making a mistake. So, once you think that your father and your mother, they are enough for you, you need to look elsewhere for a trustworthy vessel to be your pastor and to guide you as a substitute father spiritually. I am what I am. I'm doing what I'm doing because of the man whose preacher came on the screen. My biological father was never a preacher. Never. He was a businessman. He was an educationist. This is the man who has made me who I am standing here. I'm not his biological child. So you see that when the biology is inside, when the natural is inside, it's very difficult to have an impact on the next generation. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Somebody made a comment the other day in my daughter's kid. They said that the way you and the girls move around and all that. He says, I don't know anything like that. They are holding you, they are touching you, they are doing this. He said, Yeah. If your father does that, people like this is a hey, 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 hey. Girl, you got what you father, you know. And it's true. It's true. There are many girl children whose mothers are even afraid of their relationship with their fathers. But, <laughs> girls are big, so some of the things that I say you probably wouldn't be happy. <laughs> I just feel. I don't know if you're with me what I'm saying. The way that I relate to them, it is because there have been a certain extra influence. And sometimes even the absence, because they've not seen me for four years since me for the first time. Oh, yes. We've been in the same place a long time. So, even when I go out, they call me and say, where are you there? When are you coming home? Yeah. <laughs> when you go out, they come out, they'll meet you. Someone to carry you, someone to lift you up. I mean, no, no, if, if they were living with you all the while, when you even come home, they will not come outside. They will not come outside. I live with, you see, I had a few Guyanese girls. I've had Guyanese girls live with me over a period of time. There's a particular one when I, when I come to the house, she doesn't mind. She doesn't, she's watching TV. Yeah, I had to pack her bags and take her back to her mother. I said, no, no, I can't handle this. I'm the man of the house. When I'm coming, I've come home. And you, who is trying to be a child and live with us, you are sitting in front of the TV. When I have come home, so I have to take out all the shopping bags from my car. And then mommy has to cook for you to eat without. Go back to your mother. Go back home. And that's how people will turn up if nobody steps in. And that's what God wants to do for you. That's what God wants to do for you. God is giving you another father to guide you for the rest of your life. But it's not easy. You can easily not open up to it. Because it's, it's new to you. That's why this, is not, this is not the last time we are meeting. This, this is just the first time we are meeting. And if you are going to open your mind and attend the meetings and attend the meetings and attend the meetings, 
You see that gradually, God will, the Holy Spirit will work on your heart, work upon your life, and turn you into somebody wonderful. Your parents will wonder. There, there was, there was, I have evidence. There's a gentleman who was giving a testimony um, uh, the other day at first life. What's his name again? This is singer. Curtis. It's a young man who joined our church. And my spiritual father is his, is, is his pastor. And he's been preaching about how you have to treat your father well, treat your father well, respect your father and all of that. He was sharing a testimony the other day. He said that when they are watching TV and the father comes home, you know, when he comes home, the first thing, he honks his horn. And they know that he has come. Then, then they all say, say among themselves, he has come. They don't say that he has come. They say, he has come. So they all go into their, their rooms. And the father will come, open the door, everything, come when he comes. The living room is the first space he enters into. There's nobody sitting down there. He has to, if he needs something, he has to call them. They'll go and continue watching their TV in their room. They call him, he has come. So coming to church, uh, my pastor talking about your relationship with your father and things like that. He said that when he started obeying, now when he said the father would normally come and he'd go and touch the TV. And the TV is hot. And he knows that they were watching the TV. How come all of a sudden there's nobody in the living room when the TV is so hot? And people don't want to see the father. This, this is a gentleman. So he says, when he started obeying our pastor's voice. No. And so he said, when his father comes, he goes to open the gate. And then he doesn't go into his room. He sits down. And, and if there's something to do for him, that's it for him. Then they talk. Could you believe that as the guy started these things, one day his father, on his birthday, his father called him to come to his, his, his workplace. When he went, the father gave him a key to a brand new car. Yeah. <laughs> and this was, a, this was somebody who, they don't talk. They don't talk. He has come. He has come. Then he said, one day he was there and he called him. He said, come. When he went, the father was handing over the business, the paperwork of the business to him. So he asked him to come and sign some documents. But the father is gone. He's passed away. But what he has left for the boy, he would never have received it if he had not changed from the messages that his pastor has been preaching in the church. Hallelujah. And I'm saying this to tell you that the, the, the natural relationship was bad. And nobody could fix it but the pastor. But then you have to open up to the pastor in your life. And it's not your father. <laughs> yeah. So that's the first statement I'll make. In 10 minutes, I've made one statement. Your parents, no matter how spiritual and anointed they are, because of the natural relationship, it, it does not work. We don't position ourselves in a place enough for the anointing to work on our lives. I won't say it's all. I mean, all of them. No, one or two, it works. But I'm saying, ask yourself, how many pastors' sons, especially sons, are in their father's footsteps as spiritual as they are? The best you do is keyboard. Keyboard means he has failed to raise you up in the way. You can only, he can only call it success when you are like him. 
And playing keyboard, you are not like your father if you play keyboard in his church. You may be the main keyboard. You may play two keyboards. One hand here, one hand here. If you want teeth here and one leg here. Ah, you are still not like your father. So for many, many pastors' kids, when you see them around, you see that they have just been able to raise them up to become musicians. But to preach and to lay hands and to start a church and to grow a church, that is missing. It's like you, 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 you impregnate your wife and then when the baby comes out, the baby doesn't look like you. That, that's how it looks. So the question is, that, is that your child? I remember when my, 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 my wife was giving birth to my second daughter. She was natural. The first was two cesarean. The tea was natural. So I was there when she was pushing her out. And when she was coming, her head was very long. So I said, oh, that was my child. <laughs> my head is not like that. <laughs> yeah, no, I said it in my head, gee. I was right there watching. I said, head is too long. So, so I asked, why is the head like that? And she told me, oh no, that's how, I mean, coming out, you have, it has to be like that. It's soft. And when the baby comes out, then it, it expands, it shapes up. Even depending on how the baby lies down on the bed, some people will take a hot cloth and, you know, shape the, the baby's head and all of that. So, this is your big head. It, it didn't come out like that too. It came straight. That was my first time seeing a, a child being born natural. So it was, a, it was a miracle. I said in my head, mm, doesn't look like me. <laughs> are you there? Oh, are you there? Yeah. So when your father, you are not like your father, not just naturally, but spiritually, there's something missing. And, and that component is what PK plus is bringing your way to add that addition, that plus, to add up to your life unlimited, on lack of limitations. You are not limited in the physical. Just ask them. Because I, I, know, I know families, many people, they, they, they went to QC and their children went to QC. We'll clap for you. That's, a, that's, 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 a, that's the natural you have repeated. Yes, I know a family. I know a man of God. It's, 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 it's two children. They were even my, my daughter's mate. Went to QC. The father went to QC. The daughter went to QC. I remember a success, success, uh, success, what? Elementary. T was writing common entrance. And that man of God's daughter was also writing common entrance. The man walks around with his QC ring. Yeah. Big fat gold ring light on, it, on his finger. QC. The day, the first day of the, of the examination, the girl dressed in her success clothes and under her, her dress, the father had put the QC tie around her dress. So as she's going to write the exam, she was wearing a QC tie and she went to QC. Yeah. Her big sister went to QC. The little one went to QC. The father went to QC. Her siblings, all, his siblings, all of them went to QC. So that's fine. And pastors seem to be happy with just that. But no, it's just like my daughter. The head is very long. There's something about a child that is incomplete. And that's why God wants to gather you that it is not only enough to emulate your father's intelligence in school. Because your father is not just naturally intelligent. He also has a spiritual dimension to him. 
I don't know if you understand what, we are, what I'm talking about. Is it working? Are you sure you want to stay till the end of the conference? Or you vexed with me already? You gone. I'm saying that your parents, whether it's your father who's a pastor or your mother who's a pastor, they can only complete 100%. We'll give it to them. The natural side of them. Few, if any, in different parts of the world are able to also replicate the spiritual side of them. I had a Joel Osteen's and you know, all these people whose children are in ministry. John Hagee and all that. It's, it's, it's rare. It's rare. Because we don't understand that our children, the spiritual potential they have, we, the natural fathers, we cannot easily harness that. But we, we like to keep them to ourselves. If men of God understand what I'm saying, they will bring their children to this conference. I'm telling you. They'll say, hey, Charlie, that's a conference. Because they will know that once I saw the child, I will reap. But many people don't understand. Many people don't understand. Many people don't understand. Unless they saw you into another ministry or into another man of God's life, you will not become the full potential of what they expect. In fact, what you do at home is that they actually say, you know what, as for ministry, you, know, you can't force your child to do it. Let the children choose what it came to tell you that you don't have a choice. <laughs> no. And so, I'm going to read the scriptures to you. My second statement is that please don't listen to me. Let's read the scriptures. That is a missing link that I also see around. Is that one of the warners? That's not a warner, right? Yeah. No, just the one word. Yeah, what's your name? Samuel, okay, do you, you come here? Okay. Oh, Rima, ah, okay, beautiful. Okay, beautiful, 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 nice, nice. You see, so the second statement I want to make is that, oh, that's a warner, okay. <laughs> As I mentioned, his name is here. Pastor, Pastor. That's Jethro, Jethro? Paul, Paul Warner, okay. Wow, Paul, you're welcome. How is daddy? Is all right? He's a very busy man. <laughs> the second statement that I want to make is that what I'm saying, please don't look at me. Don't look at, don't, don't let my accent deceive you. Don't let my name that is foreign deceive you. Because there's, there's a way people despise things when it is coming in a vessel that they don't know. I'm sure in some areas, some people will ask, who is this guy? What is he trying to do? I'm sure some people will discuss me. But they can't stop what God is doing. We started a church. Nobody was able to stop us. We started a pastor's association. Nobody can stop us. We started a pastor's children movement for their own benefit. I have, my children are not, they don't live with me. And my son, it's just about time. When his time comes, I'll drive him away to somebody else. So I can reap a fine guy. If I don't lose him, I will not gain. Oh, no. My baby, no. My baby, no, no. My baby, no. Please don't take my baby away from your baby. Your baby will turn into a monster. Uh, right there in the house. Hallelujah. So, I am not saying this because I am from Africa. Don't be deceived. I'm not saying this because I am not, I don't understand your pastor. I don't understand your father. I don't understand your home. No, I am saying what I'm saying 
from the scriptures. And if we can all submit to the scriptures, I think we'll live here blessed. What do you think? So we are going to read the Bible. The Bible said all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. And is profitable for doctrine. For reproof. Can I have a new living translation? Hey. Hi. The coronavirus here in the screen. It's corona. Okay, I used to see this one. You can't have a white elephant here. Okay, okay. Now, Joey, they know all these things. They don't tell you anything. Are you sleeping? <laughs> you sure? All scripture is inspired by God and it's useful to teach. It is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Do we believe in the Bible? How many believe in the Bible? Or because your father is a pastor, you don't like the Bible? <laughs> when your father takes the Bible, your father is using the Bible to tell you all kind of things. It's too long, so you won't hear nothing about the Bible no more. <laughs> is that a case? Is that a case? The Bible says that all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. That is where, that's what we are going to read. And we are going to read a lot of scriptures. We'll have a break at a point and then we'll continue. What do you think? We are this Saturday we are here by, by the grace of God. So please don't go anywhere. Everything else can wait. If we don't look into this word, everything else will be how you feel. So what about my feelings? What about Bishop? What about what I want? Sweetie, what you want as long as you're a Christian, doesn't matter. It's not about what you want. Once you submit yourself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, it is no longer you who live, but Christ who lives his life through you. And so you submit to the scriptures. So if you want to do what you want to do, then don't be a Christian. Resign from Christianity now. And then we'll see how you end up. You see how Whitney Houston ended up? You see how her daughter, Whitney Houston's daughter, died the same way as her. Drugs. But how can somebody drown in a bathtub? Tell me how a big lady like me drowns in a bathtub. It's fantastic. She can't swim. She should have gone to swimming classes. (laughs) Whitney Houston dies in a bathtub? Does that sound right to you? Something got to be wrong. And her daughter, who wasn't old at all, also dies. But Whitney started in a church. And then she decided to do what she want to do. I can do all bad by myself. My name is Madia. I can do all bad by myself. And look at how bad she became like a ghost, like a skeleton. Somebody with such a beautiful voice. I mean, well, this, this one. You should go and watch the documentary on her. Not every singer can do that. 
I mean, golden voice, gifted by God. At the point she said, I want to do what I want to do. So, it is not what you want to do. It's not what I want to do. If you say you are a sinner and you have repented and you ask Jesus to be your Lord, then the scripture is what you submit to. Otherwise, you, you can't be here. Because it's the Bible we're going to speak about. What the Bible tells us, as kids and children of pastors, men and women of God. Are you with me? Is it working? So I don't mean you can say, oh, but what about if my father who says this about me? It's my father who says, the natural things will even beat you if you don't do it. <laughs> when it comes to the spiritual things, we can't beat you. Because you can't beat your child to preach. I can beat you to go to school. I can beat you to study. I'll put your head in the book like that. Put your head in the book. And I'll slap you. Read. But to preach, if I slap you, because people say, ah, what kind of pastor is that? Who's slapping his child about? Who, who slaps their child to preach? So we, we go up to a point. And so the child now has to rely on this. This is what all of us submit to. This is the law of the kingdom of God. Like the laws of a country, this is what runs our lives. It's not what I want. I, I, if it was mine, I would not come to Guyana. I was living in Amsterdam. I was living in Holland. Minding my business. It was the scriptures and my pastor who said, go to Guyana. Guyana? To do what? I came to Europe to look for money. There's no money in Guyana. What am I going to do in Guyana? But because I have submitted to the will of God, I said, yes, I'll go. But it's no longer what I want. Samuel. So, if you're a pastor's child here, you're saying, Bishop, I understand all that you're saying, but what about what I want? I beg you. It does not exist. <laughs> Some people say, what God that cannot do does not exist. Have you seen that before? What God cannot do does not exist. I'm also telling you that what about you does not exist. Especially if you're a Christian. If you're not a Christian, that's fine. Hi, baby. You okay? How old are you? You're 10. Wow. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> if I was, I would stay home. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. 10. You start at 10. Some of you are too old for what I'm talking about. Your mind has already spoiled. <laughs> I like that. 10. Mm. One day you say, I remember going for a pastor's children conference when I was 10 years old. And it changed my life. You'd be surprised. And so if you're old here, please, let your, because the older you are, the more, the more fixed your mind is. Your mind is very difficult to change. Eh? You can't teach an old dog new tricks, they say. <laughs> so you pastors who are older, shall you have to pray, say, Lord, have mercy on me. The older I am, the more difficult I am to, 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 to be convinced. <laughs> Hallelujah. So this is our foundation. So the first statement I made is that as a pastor's child, it's not all pastor's children. 99% of pastor's children should be pastored by another pastor. It's a revelation. Sometimes your father even thinks that you are not ready for some things. 
Don't you experience that in Guyana? When people are going to be baptized, their parents say that, oh, he ain't ready for baptism. So when he's going to swim, is he ready for swimming? Baptism is just assuming. In fact, swimming is even more difficult than baptism. Because baptism, we just put you inside and we take you out. 15, 20 seconds, you are out. Swimming, you have to learn to do the strokes. You have to learn to what? Kick your, your, your legs. Like, it's difficult. But they don't tell you that you're not ready for swimming. But when it's baptism, they say, you're not ready for baptism. So I am sure some of you, your, your fathers do not even see that you can preach. That's why the statement, your, your biological parents, even though they are pastors, they cannot, because of what the Bible says, that the natural man does not receive the things of this world. They cannot move you to your spiritual destiny. You need another pastor in your life. As long as he steers you in the right direction, that's what you need. And number two, we are here to everything that we're going to talk about. It's going to come from the scripture. All scripture is inspired by God. It's useful to teach us what is true. So, I am going to teach you from the Bible what is true. Okay? And then, it, what I'm going to teach you is going to make you realize what is wrong in your life. If there's something wrong in your life, we will see from the Bible. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. So, you are here. If we're going to read the Bible in a certain direction, you are going to learn what is right and what you must do. It's not exciting. It's not exciting. Is that Pastor Montrose's daughter? Eh? Hi. <laughs> She's big, you know. I hope her mind is not spoiled already. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. So let's start the journey. I'm glad you came. I'm glad you are here. So the, the, the title of the theme today is Divine Heritage. Divine Heritage. Divine heritage. Of course, divine for the sake of people like Jeremiah who is about to go to secondary school. He's an usher. He's the chief usher of his church. Brother Jeremiah Kelvin. He's a big man in his church. <laughs> Jerry, how are you? <laughs> you good? And his father is here. This is like graduation. Though. You go, your father takes you to graduation. <laughs> it's even nice when your father comes. Like how Apostle is here. It's beautiful. It's nice. It's like I, I'm, I'm supporting my children in what is happening. It's, it's very, very nice. It's good to come. When your father comes also. That's a whole ball game. Alright? So divine means of or pertaining to a God. Alright? Especially the supreme being. So when we say divine, it is in things that are God-related. God-related. Okay? I need, I need you to understand that. Things that are related to God. And then when you look at heritage, it means something reserved for someone. Something reserved for someone. Or something that comes or belongs to one by reason of birth, an inherited lot or portion. <laughs> Are you following? So, divine heritage simply means that there is something that is reserved for you from God. 
either by birth or by right or by inheritance. So, all of us who are gathered here, because of our parents who are in the ministry, there is something that is of God that belongs to you. Are you with me? Because Samuel uh, Spencer's father is a pastor, God has something from himself that is for Samuel because of his father. Because of his father. Now, you can actually, I just thought about this, you can easily think that, oh, Pastor's Case Unlimited is a, is a program for the youth or for children. It's not children's program. This is real serious program. <laughs> So you tell, oh, when you come, you're going to play domino and you're going to have some uh, juice and all of that. Juice will come later. But it's serious. It's Bible. Oh. That is why many people have not gone far. Because they, they skip the word of God and they joke. They skip the word of God and they play. This is a conference. This is a spiritual conference. Are you with me? So it's divine heritage. There's something that is of God. It's, it's God. God has something. Are you not excited that God has something? And because of your father, God wants, has that thing for you? Don't, you. don't you want to know? Don't you want to understand? Don't you want to know what it means and all of that? It's not everybody. What it means is that it's not everybody who has that. And there are some people sitting down here. I don't, their, their parents are not pastors, but they are here. They, as much as they are here, they don't have what I'm talking about. Liron, you are smiling. Should I mention your name? Gori is a pastor. Okay, Gori is a pastor. <laughs> yeah, look, it, it is for pastors' children. Divine heritage. So, let's say daddy has a land and he passes it on to you. It's you that he's passing it on to. Another child, the neighbor's child does not inherit that because... That neighbor's child is not your father's child. The Bible says that houses and riches are the inheritance of fathers. When fathers die, they pass on inheritance to their children. And sometimes even they don't even die. While they're alive, they give their children things that they themselves have acquired. The other child next door or your classmate or your friend does not have access to that because he or she is not your father's child. I am saying that to help you understand God also, because your father is a minister, has something for you. It's called divine heritage. And many of you have not started understanding it or have not even assessed it as yet. It's like some life savings that is hidden somewhere for you. Millions of dollars in the bank. You don't know that your parents started putting money in that account since you were born. And now that you are 20, it's about 6 million. You don't even have an idea. They are waiting until you are 21 to say, hey, this is your account. 6 million. You see how you jump. You see how excited you'll be. You see how it will give you a certain push or impetus in life. Let me tell you, people who have an inheritance are very different from people who don't have inheritance. As a pastor's child, for some of you, you were even talking about advantages. Advantageous. The people you meet. The places you go. I mean, the church that I belong to. I remember my children went for a, a youth conference in Ghana a few years ago. The pastor's children, they were staying in a different place than everybody else. 
who begs loose? It's, it's, it's a heritage, it's a divine heritage. My, 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 my bishop the other day was asking about my children. He said, where are they? What are their ages? What are they doing? I, I, I was even surprised he doesn't remember they're in London. He said, what are they doing? Which school do they go to? What course are they doing? I was telling him, wow, they've become big. I said, yeah. I found them, even where they are in London, the church they go to, there's a PK, the pastor's kids. Now and then, they are the only ones who go to a restaurant and eat. No matter who you are, if you come to the restaurant, they'll, they'll drive you away and say, who is you? Nah, here's my invitation. And I'm believing God that as we go on, we're going to have dinners. What do you think? Yeah, we'll go to places and have fun. And entry is only going to be for Pastor's kid. And it has to be written on your forehead when you come. Otherwise, you can't enter. <laughs> you have a crayon at home, right? Yeah, you got a PK plus. <laughs> That's how we are taking your name, your parents' name, so it's authentic. You get it. So that when you come, we know that. Because there's so many things. There's so many things we're going to do. And, and some of you who probably even feel that the call of God is on your life, if your parents will allow you, will send you to Bible school for you to, to, to I mean, away to Africa and just, you know, give yourself to some training and come back and either help your father or do something. That's my heart desire. Especially those who understand the divine heritage. That's our Bible school in Ghana. That's not all. Just what the picture, the camera could take. And that's where we're going to have our Give thyself holy conference. Yeah, it's happening on the on the building on the left, the dark gray roof. That's a great hall, and I tell you, that hall is packed, and there are other halls that are like overflowing. So when we go, and they say eight o'clock, we are starting at eight. Please be there at seven thirty or seven, because people go and they sit down. People go, they put their Bibles there, and they go out. <laughs> of course, when you see a Bible, you say, "Oh, okay, somebody's sitting down." <laughs> You go, you take the Bible and you sit down. You put the Bible somewhere else. Oh, at least you know Bible. There's no Bible. Yeah. At least you know Bible. <laughs> Everybody wants to get a good seat. If you don't behave like that, you'll be at the back. Yeah, hey, we paid money by ticket to go to Ghana. We're not going to sit at the back. What do you mean? If the usher says sit at the back, say, you know where I came from? I came from Guyana, you know. Rest yourself. I want to sit close to where the man of God can see me. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, in those who want to go to Bible school, you know, after school, you want to go to Bible school or whatever, we can, that all, those, all those things are available. You can go for uh, um, one and a half years or three years. You'll be blown away. If I can contribute that to your father's life and your father's ministry, I'll, I'll, I'll just do the sign of the cross. Say, Lord, thank you. Because at least um, every man of God is my brother. So, if I can contribute to Apostle June's life and ministry, I'll be very excited. And we are one people, so I, I'd rather do that than to do something for Guyana. I want to do something for Guyana through Apostle June. Scholarship for people who don't have money to go to school. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in Apostle June's children and their spiritual divine heritage. Only a few people focus on that. We, as the people of God and as the church of God, have been created to focus on spiritual things. The natural people are there. Let us not mix the two. Let the natural people do the natural things. Let us, the spiritual people, do the spiritual things. Because ministry of health will not do anything when it comes to ministry of education's work. It's very, very, very separated. What, I mean, uh, parallel. 
I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Right. So, divine heritage is the subject of our discussion this um, day. Now, the first thing I want to say is that there are about four different methods or ways by which we see God giving inheritance to people on earth. Are, are you with me? There are four different methods or scenarios, whichever one works for you. The first one, which means that whatever God has in terms of himself, because God told Abraham that I am, I am thy shield and your exceeding great reward. God, the best thing in life is to have God, not anything else. Oh, amen. The best thing in life, sweetie, is to have God. No matter the person you have in your life, no matter the man, the woman, the school, the money, the best thing, the best person you need in your life is God. When you have God, you are fulfilled. You have everything. When you have God, you have everything. And so, there are four ways by which God gave himself to people. And God has about four ways, since time immemorial, through which he passes inheritance to people. The heritage that he has, the heritage that we have, there are four scenarios that God introduces them into the world. And he introduces them to people who are connected to the scenarios. Are you with me? You see, for example, the president, he, he, he lives in Leonora. And as much as the, um, the, the track, I think we have a track, the stadium, they do all this athletics. It is, it is based in Leonora. I don't know whether he had anything to do with it. It's possible. I think they did it in his time or something like that. Now you see that they are building a I think it's a Demrara Bank. They cut the sword yesterday. They are having a, a mall in Leonora. Um, Sheriff Medical, whatever, on, on Sheriff Street, they have a branch there. Because he's, he's from Leonora, the people on the West Coast, and people especially in Leonora, are benefiting from some things that Linden, uh, Kwakwani, all these places, Batika, don't have. It is by virtue of the person who comes from there. Are you, are, you, are you following? So, God introduces himself, the heritage, what God has as, as an inheritance. He introduces it into the world through people who qualify or who are in line. So, if you want to go to uh, 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 unless you go to Leonora, you'll not benefit from it. I'm sure when they are even employing people, they'll look for people around the West Coast or around Leonora. They'll not come and employ people from Georgetown. They say, no, 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 no. You can't come all over the river. No, no, it doesn't make sense. They will employ people on the West Coast. That is why these things are even there, to, to give em- employment to people on that side. Are you following? And so God also has about four scenarios that he introduces himself, himself as a person into the world. He he does it through certain scenarios. The first one is the priesthood. The priesthood. God gives his spirit 
to you if you're a priest. God gives himself to you if you're a priest. Are you there? If you're not a priest, like Aaron, you can't do certain things. You must be a priest for God to do some things through you. Then number two, kingship. If you are not a king, wisdom like God gave to Solomon, you will not have one. What are you going to use wisdom for? To teach at uh, Batica Secondary School? No, no, God, they ain't there on that. How many of the UG lecturers have wisdom from God? That they had a dream and God said, I give you wisdom to teach uh, natural sciences at UG. Is <laughs> anything like that? You may have some wisdom to do whatever you're doing, but there's a certain form of wisdom that God gives only to do the things that he has appointed us to do. So the inheritance comes through the priesthood. It comes through the kinship. Kings. If you're a king, you um, receive the presence and the power of God upon your life. And it comes to the prophetic ministry, the prophetic. To the prophetic. If you're not a prophet, forget about the spirit of God. If you're not a prophet in the olden days, you have to be Samuel to be anointed. Samuel was so a little boy and God spoke to him. It was because of who he was. He was a prophet. Even from a, a little age, he heard God's voice clearly. Samuel, Samuel. So, to hear God's voice from the scriptures, and we are coming from the Old Testament, from the Bible's point of view, if you are not a prophet, you don't hear God's voice you don't have a certain interaction and a certain encounter with God. And the fourth is through birthright. 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 The right you have to something because you were born inside the thing. All right, that Birthright. Are you following? Is it working? Is it difficult to understand or it's okay? So now we are all walking around as New Testament people. Oh, we are all saved. We are all born again. The Holy Spirit is in everybody. God has not changed his ways by which he gives inheritance. As much as every born again Christian has a right to this, that there are unique, unique things stored or reserved for people who fall in line with the priesthood, with kinship, with the prophetic and with the birthright. You are quiet. <laughs> now, the priesthood, what God introduces to, into the life of a priest, is generational. It passes on from one priest to the next priest. Like that. It's generational. Right? So, if you are a priest, then your child becomes a priest. He also gets what the father priest gets. If your mother is a priestess, is a priestess, <laughs> you also have access to what is on mommy. All right? So the priesthood, the heritage of the priesthood is generational. It runs through generations. Then the kingdom, the kinship also, is also generational. So I, my father was a king, so I become a king. It's also generational. Right? The prophetic it's not generational. It's by service. It passes from servant to servant. Joshua wasn't Moses' son. 
Moses was one of the greatest prophets. Joshua succeeded Moses, not because he was Joshua's and Moses' son, he was just Moses' servant. Birthright is also from generation Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. The only one that is from service is the prophetic. Are we in Bible school? <laughs> we have to understand this too. Because that's where you come in. You are either, you are either in, the, in the place where the priesthood heritage exists. Or the kingship heritage exists. Or the prophetic exists. Or there's a birthright inheritance. More likely, we will, many of us will fall under the priesthood um, heritage. Because now we don't have kings anymore. Igwes, we don't have Igwes anymore. It's in Africa where they have kings. You know, they have kings. And, and, and from the tribe that I come from, the kingdom uh, passes on from um, uncles to nephews. It's not, it's not father to son. You have to be a nephew to become a king. If you're not a nephew, you don't become a king. Not a son. You have to be a nephew. And the explanation in that is that our great forefathers uh, didn't, never believed in women. They never believed in women. And, and, and the fact that a woman um, carries the seed and brings it out means that she can carry anybody's seed. Not necessarily yours. But just for that fact, they said they don't trust women. So when a woman gives birth to a husband, the husband still has doubt whether he is the one because the, our forefathers didn't understand the, the, the system of pregnancy. Was it me or was it another man? You can tell me it's me, but is it really me? But when it comes to the woman, no matter who impregnated her, it is in her womb. So it is hers. Irrespective of the guy. And sometimes two or three people can enter the same place and then it's just one of them who really hit the bullseye. So our great-great-grandfathers in Africa said, you can never trust a woman. And so what, what I'll trust from a woman is her child if the woman is my sister. If she's my wife, you never trust her. So if a man is a king, then the next the person who uh, uh, received the inheritance of the throne is a sister's son. So she's the first son. Not like uh, in, in England where Queen Elizabeth, Prince Charles, and then William. No, no. Queen Elizabeth, you have to look for Elizabeth's brother's son or something. Because you can't trust a woman. Uh, for our African forefathers, you can never trust a woman. This is only a woman who knows who made her pregnant. It could easily not be you. <laughs> Are you there? So, it's likely the priesthood um, and, and birthright. Maybe birthright also can also happen. So, this is, this is, these are the four, four moods. And this is what we're going to spend time on today. And then we'll bring the conference to a close. We'll meet another time by the grace of God. So, for the priesthood, the kingdom or the kinship, um, the prophetic, and 
birthright. Is it clear? Is it clear? I'm sure the message is being recorded. All right, so if you like it, you can make it available to you. You can even give it to your father. Let your father listen to it. I'm not a good preacher. I should not allow you to come next time. <laughs> uh, hallelujah. Now, let's look at the priesthood. Exodus chapter 28. Exodus chapter 28. Verse 1. Now, looking at the priesthood. New Living Translation, please. All three. Divine heritage. So, what was the conference about? The conference was about divine heritage. That is, a certain valuable uh, um, spiritual uh, goods that only God gives. Conference was taught me that I have access to it. It is my portion. Your friend you go to school with, who started as a pastor, does not have that. Even after this modern day, we are still very different from every other Christian. So, call your brother Aaron. Exodus chapter 28, verse 1. Call your brother Aaron and his sons. Not his nephews. Not his wife. Not even his daughters. His sons. Nadab Abihu, Eliazar, and Ithamar. Set them apart from the rest of the people of Israel so they may minister to me and be my priests. So this one, LP princess can't say that. So, Moses, what about what I want? I don't want to do what my father Aaron is doing. I find it very boring. <laughs> it means you are going to be disobedient to God. And you don't want to be, you don't want to see the backside of God. You don't want to see the backside of God. You don't want to be in a place where God is not happy with you. You don't want to be there. Look at the privilege. Call your brother Aaron. This is the first time. So, so this, is, this is the picture. God, the, the, the Israelites, Joseph was sold by his brothers into Egypt. He became a prime minister. There was a lot of food in Egypt. His father Jacob and his other sons and their family, they moved to Egypt because of the food that was in Egypt. Joseph was with them. All of them died. Joseph died. And then everything kind of disappeared. But the Israelites continued to live in Egypt. They grew, they became prosperous, they became stronger, and they increased. Then there was silence. Then one day God decided to take out the Israelites from Egypt and take them to the promised land. So he called a guy called Moses. And he said, now I'm, I want you to go and tell the president that I want all the Amerindian people to leave Guyana. What kind of crazy idea is that? So Moses went to see the president and said, President, the God of the Amerindians say, I should gather all the Amerindians, take them back to Africa. Then Dr. Ali will say, what kind of idea is that? We are living here as one group of one, one, one Guyana. 
One people, one nation, one destiny. Why do you want to bring segregation here? It will be a very fantastic idea. We will fight it. Isn't it? We will fight that idea. So, what was happening there is that God was gathering a people, was gathering a nation, was gathering a country, and then was setting in place people who were going to be on top of the society. So, Moses was the leader, and the other part of it was the priesthood. And when God looked through the whole millions of people in Israel, he chose Aaron and his sons. In other words, God is looking at in Guyana, he's looking at the churches that are around, he's looking at your father or your mother as the head of the church, and he's separating a group of people to be with that your father for what he's doing in that particular ministry. And it is the, the man of the, God there and his sons. Don't come and tell me this is Old Testament, so it doesn't apply to you. Don't bring yourself. Don't let me bring Creflo Dollar inside this thing here. <laughs> Who has money already, so he doesn't care if people pay tithe or not. If you have aeroplanes, will you not say that you don't need tithe in the church? You think that you never grow poor at the age you are at and the riches you have. If you don't pay tithe anymore, you don't care. Well, those of us who are starting, who believe the word of God, how can we get to where you have gotten? To tell people not to pay tithe? When a God says we should pay tithe? What kind of thing is that? So he should bring all his money to us. Then we'll believe what he's saying. Maybe we are reading the Bible wrongly. Maybe our Bible is in, is in Greek, so we don't understand. Call your brother. As God was selecting the, the leaders of the country, Israel, he called Moses and he said, call your brother. Even, even, even Aaron, it was Moses' relative. He was connected to Moses. He didn't say, Moses, call somebody else. He said, call your brother. Then he said, your brother and his sons, Nidab, Abihu, Eliasa, Ithamar. He said, set them apart. They are unique. They are separate. Just like the president will select his cabinet. God selects the president of his church, which is your dad or your mom. And then he says that he is the first one. Now I need a group of people to stand with him. And that is his sons, his children. God is by us. Well, you can say whatever you want to say. That is God's choice. It's not my father, your father is not a pastor. It's not my father, your father, your mother is not a pastor. I'm excited that I, my father is not a, a pastor. My mother is not a pastor. But I'm glad God chose me. That at least somebody can say, my father is a pastor. When I didn't have the privilege to say that. And sometimes even when your father is a pastor, you, are bad, you, you, you play bad, you do bad things. Yeah, some pastors children are very bad. <laughs> Why? Because the devil sets his eyes on people who are set apart. Anything that is separate, the devil wants to come and trouble it. When God put the, the fruit in the garden and said, don't touch it, the devil said, nah, don't touch it. I want you to touch it. Anything that is set apart, the devil wants to come and spoil it. And so pastor's children are under a lot of pressure because the devil knows that you are set apart to minister to me. To, he, said, he said, to minister to me, not to minister. I, God said, I want them to be close to me. You see, you may not understand it, even if I tell you, but I was in Houston, Texas with my father in the ministry. When his son died, his first son died at the age of 31, and he was buried in Houston. And so we, um, 
we buried him. And after the burial, we went to a reception. And uh, a lot of us, his pastors, his bishops, all of us, plenty, a lot of people were all there. Then somebody came to me. And one of the Reverend ministers came to me and said, Daddy, wants to, uh, Daddy says you should come. What? I was, I was trying to eat. I left my food. My food was there for about one hour. Because when I went up to him, he was talking about Guyana. He wanted me to be there. And so it was from one topic to another, one topic to another. We were talking about Guyana. And Guyana for about one hour. Then people were in the line watching we. He's like, when y'all go move so that we could also come and say hello to them. <laughs> so at a point, one lady said, Charlie, it looks like people are eyeing us too much. Let's move so that others will come. So we moved. I even went back to my food. When I sat down, the food was cold. The man of God came and said, Bishop, don't touch the food. He left it for about one hour. You know what has happened to it. It was in my mind because all of us here are brothers and sisters. <laughs> he was actually a pastor of another church. So he, you know, probably entertained such things. If I leave food in my own house with my brothers and sisters, if, if you come and find it back, <laughs> so if I find it back, it means I have good brothers and sisters. I said, no, 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 I don't think you touch it. No, no, no. So, okay. Uh, I just went for another, another set of food. But I was talking to one of our pastors in Twitter the other day. He says, man, Bishop, I think you were one of the few people who had the privilege to stand with him for such a long time. I said, really? He said, yeah, I was watching you. I said, I receive it. <laughs> you see, even, even standing with, with, with the prophet, the man of God, the founder of our church for about an hour, in, in, a, in a whole crowd of people because his, his son died and it was, you know, kind of you know, sad. People didn't know how to approach him. I even didn't know how to approach him. If he had not called me, I would not have said anything to him. And I would have returned to Guyana. That God, God located me. That Guyana came as a subject because some politicians were trying to tell him that, you know, Guyana is a place you should come and have a church. So he was trying to prove to the person the politician spoke to that I have somebody there for 17 years. It's like he was saying that when he tells the people we are an international church, they don't understand. They think that we are just using the name international. But we are international because we are in different countries. And so he called me to come and prove to the lady that I've been here for 17 years. We have cathedrals. We have church members. He said even there are three boys in Ghana, Guyanese, who are working with me. He said it right there. He said, Daniel... Chris and Shaquille. They said they live here with Ghana with me. He was so, it's like he was so stirred up when a politician has been to Guyana because of the oil and gas. And now telling the challenge, I think the bishop can go to Guyana and do a crusade and start a church. The bishop said, Tell him. You show him the he said, you show him the cathedral pictures we have. <laughs> we have been in Guyana before he came for oil and gas. He said, when you tell these people you are an international, you have churches all over, they don't believe it. That's why he called me to come and speak about it. I said, I've been in Ghana for 17 years. I started talking about 17 years. <laughs> Even standing there, I'm saying that, standing there and everybody, all the pastors, the bishops are there. It was such a great privilege to just stand with him. The Bible says that the sons of Aaron, Aaron is your father. The sons of Aaron were invited to serve with their father. They were set apart. From the rest of the people in the church. That's why there's pressure on you. Francis. That's why your eyes shouldn't close. 
<laughs> That's how there's pressure on you in the church. That's why people in the church, they watch you. They watch you. Because you have been set apart from the rest of the people. Whether you believe it or not. That's why I said, it's Bible we are reading. If I say it, you say, oh, some African man, some shepherd house, something, something, something. No, I am reading from the Bible. This is the Bible is on the wall. It's not the one we hold again. It's the wall of the Bible. <laughs> the Ten Commandments said some of them they were posted on the walls. Aaron and his son. This is how the priesthood began. Are you there? Beautiful. In chapter 29, verse 9. He says, wrap the ashes, the sashes around the waist of Aaron and his sons. This is when God was talking about their attire. They were so separate and so different that even their clothing, they were supposed to wear a particular type of dress. You know, the pastor's child cannot just dress anyhow. <laughs> oh, but Bishop, what about me? I beg you. I told you to forget about that. That doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, as long as you are a Christian. If you are not a Christian, that's fine. If you don't believe in God, that's fine. You can be angry. But if you believe in God, if you are a Christian, you believe that your father is called by God, then you have to understand these principles. Wrap the sashes around the waist of Aaron and his son and put their special head coverings on them. Then the right to the priesthood will be this by law. <laughs> Apostle, I'm, I'm glad you, you, you finished it for me. Because it's not, he didn't say it is until the end of the, the, the Old Testament. That's the thing people do. Because this is in Exodus, they say, oh, New Testament, you don't have priesthood, and this is, no, no, no. When God says forever, it is forever. We are the ones who are thinking when he says forever, he's joking. Just two months. Oh, just after Jesus comes. And, no, no, no. There are things that God still sees very special. As much as we don't see it special. He said, and then the right, the right, the right to the priesthood. The right to the priesthood will be this by law forever. So you can say, oh, now that there's no law. So nobody has a right to the priesthood. Well, there's still the law. That shall not kill. It's still part of it. It's still here. Do we kill now that there's no law? That's what Kevin Dollar was trying to say. Because there's no law, there's no tithe. But tithe is not law. Tithe is a practice. Tithe started before the law of Moses. Abraham tithed. Jacob tithe. There was no law when he started practicing tithe. There was no law. Because it was so good and a blessing, God brought it into the law so that everybody will receive the blessing. Since the law is no more, it still doesn't mean that something that you do and you get blessings, you shouldn't do anymore. Honor thy father and thy mother. So there's no law, so we don't honor father and mother anymore. People should take him on. People have taken him on, isn't it? <laughs> then the right to the priesthood will be this. The right to coming into the presence of the Lord. There's a particular place in the church that only the pastor and his children go to. 
It's now that some, some people who have made themselves spiritual sons and daughters of your father have access to places. Otherwise, there are some places it's only the pastor and his wife and his children only go to. True or false? Yeah. Even these days, the washroom that I use is only myself, the wife, and the children who use the washroom. How close you are to me, you can't go and sit on the toilet because your poo is very different. <laughs> you can easily break the toilet bowl because the toilet bowl senses who is sitting on. <laughs> Before you realize you have, you've been ejected from the toilet bowl like that. Yeah, it's an example. The washroom that I use in the church, and that is why that in our churches there should be washrooms. Your washroom that everybody uses. No, no, your, your father, your, your pastor must have a special washroom. It's different. Can you imagine when I go and do number two? When I get out, you're also coming. And then you smell so warm, man of God. Whoa, Lord. <laughs> Can you imagine? You don't respect me anymore. When I say, oh, shut up, the spirit of the Lord here. Oh, I just smell your poo. <laughs> It makes you, your respect goes down. So that's even a good thing. The, the, the fridge that I use, you can't just open the fridge. You, you have something inside the fridge? You, you put something inside the fridge? Is it your fridge? I should write my name and put a padlock on it before you understand that it's my fridge. There's some fridge you have to put padlocks on them. <laughs> if I, that, that, I have a small uh, kitchen in, in my church. And there are two fridges there. One is for a different purpose. So there's a, there's a lock to it. The one that belongs to me, there's no lock. Because as much as there's no lock, you can't even open it. But the one that, that has a lock is because if there's no lock, you, people will open it. So we put a lock. <laughs> That's how there's a lock. Then the right to the priesthood will be theirs by law forever. In this way, you will ordain Aaron. And so something that daddy has a right to, it looks like the sons also have been considered by God, not by me, not by me. Maybe if I was talking dealing with Pastor Jethro Warner and then Paul comes and I said, Paul, go away, go away, you don't have to come here. But God says that as much as I'm dealing with Pastor Jethro, Paul has access, Paul has a right to. I mean, if I'm going, to, I'm going to, for dinner or lunch with Pastor Jethro and then he's bringing Paul, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah Paul can come. And so, have a church member, can I bring him? I said, oh, Pastor Wonder, this is not for church members. Can I help in your mind? Oh, your mind is spoiled already. Because of him, there's something that was in him. Loressa? Because of that, if the people don't respect you, would you come and tell me? Come and complain to me. Yeah, yeah. Your, your chair must be special. Dude, where I sit, I have some lovely people who sit behind me. 
And my children were coming home for holidays. It's about what, five, six chairs. We had to, we had to put we had to put two chairs inside. Because, of course, I don't want to move them because when my children grow, they will still be here. So you can't do that. You don't see the new and drive away the old. Yeah? It's a principle. Oh, Adam, you understand that? So we have to arrange the chest to put my children right here. So what, what do you want them to go and say? They should say something. No, they have a special seat. Because when you look at Aaron, the sons somehow qualify for that special treatment that their father was given. So when you see pastor's children, you have to look at them with love and respect, adoration, admiration. Samuel. You are, the, you are a prince in your church. When the people see you in your church, they say, Samuel, yes, Samuel. They should respect you. Yeah. Oh, Pastor, yeah, Pastor Malosa. Yeah. If I see you anywhere, and, and, you see, and that's something that we don't see in our country, even as a man of God, when I go somewhere and I need something, people don't mind me. People don't respect who I am. Where I have church members, I don't even go. I have a church member who has a travel agency. Okay, not anymore, but when she used to have a travel agency, I only have to tell her I'm going to New York. Bishop, when? And when are you returning? I'll tell her my dates. That's it. She doesn't even ask me for money until I remember that I have to pay. I didn't. I, <laughs> oh, do I remember that I have to pay? I've, I've used tickets where. I, I, I forgot. Three months later, I said, hey, before my secretary so, can you please remind the shop for me that I'm taking to New York still? Then my secretary said, oh, must pay her. Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot. Because I'm special. I'm special. A man of God, you go to some places, you be in a line. Especially the one that you sit down. And then you move and you sit down. You sit down. You sit. I don't like them places. When I go, I stand. When the security says, please, can you sit down? I said, no, it's my, it's my leg. I have a right to stand. Oh, no. You can't tell me to, I don't want to sit down. I've been driving, sitting down for a long time. I come here, it's a good opportunity to stand and let blood flow through my legs. I should sit down? Look at the man of God. Next. Next. The security officer. No, no, no. You can't do that. What? Go there. I don't like that. So when I go, I, I said, I want to start. That's it. It's my turn when I go. Next. Then you move to the front. It's a joke. It's a lack of sense. You can do a number system. You sit where you're seated. When it's your number, you get up. And you go. So, so, I was in front of you. So where were you? I went outside to the... Rowing. 
I went to the bank one day. My church member used to work there. When she saw me, she said, oh, okay, shop. What do you want to do today? I tell you what I want to do. Said, Don't worry. Please have a seat. Sat down. Which was that all? All you want to do? Are you sure? Anything else? When I was walking up, someone said, Whoa, I wish I was like you. <laughs> I said, You must be a priest before you can enjoy what I'm enjoying. The society must understand that priests and their sons are set apart. When the society is godly and they have a sense of, of God, they see things like that and they listen. So this is where it started, Aaron and his sons. Are you tired? I'm not tired at all. There are four things we're looking at. We're just on number one. Right, you take a break and then we continue. Don't run away when we take a break. Maybe like some of your fathers you run away when they come <laughs> In Leviticus chapter 10, so remember it was Aaron in Exodus chapter 20, it was Aaron a son, Nadab, Abihu, Eliezer, and Ithamar. Right? In Leviticus chapter 10, Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu, they put coals of fire in their incense burners and sprinkled incense over them. In this way, they disobeyed the Lord by burning before him the wrong kind of fire. So Aaron has four sons. Now, two of them, Nadab and Abihu, they were taught what to do things, how to do things in the house of the Lord. Just as you are raised in your house by your parents, you don't do this, you don't do that, you do that. We are Christians, morning devotion, you know, this, that, that, that. All those things, you go through them. Then now, when you get of age, you begin to do what you like. You see, with all due respect to uh, uh, um, outward appearance and all of that. I, I still think that as pastors and as pastors' children, we should even be careful how we dress, even our hairstyle. I see a lot of pastors' sons with a lot of fantastic hairstyles. Which is, I don't think, uh, uh, the part, of course, we have opened up to you, we have allowed it because you can't kind of control your child at a certain level. You get it. But if you look at your father, you can easily say that he's an old man, but he doesn't have the hairstyle that you have. Remember, we are trying to copy and trying to be like them. Like father, like son. So, I'm not saying that, okay, you can't have a particular hairstyle. But if we have been chosen together with our fathers, then we should be careful how we serve before God. Because the Bible says that, Nadab and Abihu, they put coals of fire in their incense burners and sprinkled incense over them. In this way, in this way, in, in the way they lived and they served in the house of the Lord, they disobeyed the Lord by burning before him the wrong kind of fire, different than he had commanded. So in a certain sense, if God chooses your father and then the sons have right to the priesthood and then the son rises up one day and says, well, I want to be a lawyer, I don't want to be a pastor, then what God chose you, your father and his children for, you are going away out of that. They are burning before him the wrong kind of fire. That's as if you can be sitting and playing the keyboard. That's not God gave to your father and his children. 
Is it working? I said, if, you're, if, you're, if you're, your mind has already changed, your mind is old, you can easily receive what I'm talking about. Look at that. <laughs> your fancy hairstyle. <laughs> Are you burning the wrong kind of fire? Are you doing something different from what your father was mandated and given to do? Albeit drums, keyboard, whatever. Are you burning the wrong kind of fire? Now, it's all right if you want to burn the wrong kind of fire. But the Bible says that they disobeyed the Lord. In other words, when we choose as pastor's children to do things our own way, apart from the established order, we disobey God, not our parents. We disobey God himself who has positioned your father and you, the first family, where you have been positioned. Because your father is not a pastor because he chose to. It is God who chose him. A quiet congregation. <laughs> Pastor's children are quiet. Is that so? Shiliza. <laughs> That's two. So, because they burned their own kind of fire, because they disobeyed God, the Bible says, so fire blazed forth from the Lord's presence and burned the two boys. And they were never the same again. They died. Because of grace, we don't die. Because of grace, when we do the things that we do by our own way, in our own sense, God, we disobey God, we just don't die because of grace. But we have disobeyed and God is not happy with us. Look around. Look around. So look around. I don't know what Vaughan does in the University of I don't know what does. But growing up, you can easily step into some ministry service role. Because once your father is a pastor there, it's not easy to also pastor. I mean, the, the most simple uh, 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 logic thing to do is to serve maybe sound-wise, video, something. Until you wait for your father to die first before you, you know what you're going to do. <laughs> That's happened to some people. Joel Osteen died before uh, 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 David Osteen died before Joel Osteen became a pastor. He was a video man. I'm not talking about your father dying because why do you want your father to die? <laughs> hey, oh, you waiting for Pastor Sam to die before? He said, Lord, I, I hear your call. Lord, I will, Lord, Lord, I receive your call. Now your father is dead. He said, Lord. <laughs> that is why, that is why I'm saying that your fathers, because whilst they are there, they can easily know where to position you. And if another father steps in, you can encourage your father. Put him here, put him there. Don't 
you see from some of these schools, sometimes the private schools, they want your son to write CSEC at fourth form. So they say your child has a potential. And you're so excited that your child is writing CSEC at fourth form. So you say, yes, sir, I'll register him. You are listening to the man who is the child of the school. The wrong kind of fire is being burnt these days by pastors too. As much as God has chosen their pastor, their father, and them to them. The heritage is there. The inheritance is there. All you have to do is just follow exactly what your father is doing. I guess to tell you. I was telling that little Ah, she doesn't want to go back to this struggling place. You gotta go back to school. You are not going to you are going back to school. In school, you gotta go back to because, because living in London outside your father and your mother and, and what God has given them is completely different from living in the house with your father and your mother. I just have to say, Daddy. She said, well, she wanted to take off her nails. Hey, Daddy, please buy me acetone. To remove the nails off my hands. No problem. You don't know how to when you get a girl and she gets big. <laughs> I had to go and look for acetone from the pharmacy. And they said, I said, so is that all you need? Because I had, you got, I got some foil paper. You got some, uh, uh, um, um, uh, so something, something. So we got to get all of that. Okay, she can take you out. She made it. I is a man of God, you know. I buy acetone too. <laughs> If she was in London, she has to go by herself. Go look for acetone. And even, you know, even if you have to probably get prescription for it or something. When the kid is like, you want to do it in your hair? Do that thing. God? No, the man of God. <laughs> if she's in London, she got squeeze she won't Then you see her say, Man, the thing is expensive, man. That's why you look at that money according plus what you have in store. You see that, Charlie, the money is going. Hey, just like Daddy, please buy some juice when you're coming home. I say, yes, no problem. I buy it. Buy it. And then she says, you need a staple, staple. Staple some paper. Daddy, can you post this for me? No problem. I go to the post office and I post. That's what daddy does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just want to learn how to drive. I put it in my mother's class and start lesson. If you're in London, which car are you going to drive? You got to pay money for the driving lesson. So when you look at all of that, you realize that there's something that God has blessed your father with. That if you were to hang around. Oh Lord. I'm sure if they were hitting with the driving cars. Oh, to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Because they will have to move without their mother or without me. That's at the point I can't be their taxi driver anymore. They will have to learn how to move by themselves. And you can't give them one car because they'll fight. So you have to buy one for this one. Buy one for that. Because Titi's classmate came with a, with a CRV. And that's when I thank God for elevation from CRV. I said, Lord, thank you for promoting me from CRV. <laughs> I 
A little girl has come to the house with CRV to pick up my daughter. God, I remember my CRV days. You're a good God. Hallelujah. So the fire blazed forth from the Lord's presence and burned them up. And they died there before the Lord. Why? Because they did something different from the established order. Is it, is it easy to understand? Are you sure you are there? Can you follow? Am I saying something sensible? Is it working? Yeah. Shakifa? Which one is Shakifa? Yeah, Shakifa. Yeah, okay. She needs a Shakifa and Sarah. Okay. Well, like your father, you come early to every program. As <laughs> son will be there when you say eight, five to eight is there. <laughs> it's beautiful, I tell you. <laughs> Numbers chapter three. We are looking at the priesthood. Verse three. Well, let's we start from one. This is the family line of this is the family line of Aaron and Moses, as it was recorded when the Lord spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai. The names of Aaron's sons were Nadab, the oldest, Abihu, Eleazar, and Ethamar. Remember, it's the chapter 28. Then we go to verse 3. These sons of Aaron were anointed and ordained to minister as priests. That is who you are. That is your heritage. Anointing is your heritage. I said, anointing is your heritage. I'm saying anointing is your heritage. Let me tell you, you can go to Morgans, you can go to Queens, you can go to bishops. There's no anointing at these places, I'm telling you. There's anointing in the presence of God if you follow your heritage. I was telling some men of God, Apostle Jim was there, I was telling them that anointing brings money. And, and for divine, for you know, the sake of divine protocol, I can't tell you how much money last year I got for my baby as an offering. I can't tell you. But even my daughter knows that when it's my birthday, I get money. So she messages me before my birthday. <laughs> I say, Daddy, I know your birthday coming up. I know you're going to get offering. <laughs> it's anointing. Yeah. So remember me, Daddy, when you, your glory, when you, your glory, remember me. But she herself knows because they, they are used to me going home with gifts in my trunk and bags. I go and relieve it in my in my in my 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 my, my home office, and then I'm so tired the, the day. So the next day, when I wake up, I take them to school. I come back. And I open every card. You open a card. You see ten thousand. Open a card. Twenty thousand. You see five hundred. You see one thousand. And I arrange them 5,000, 2,000, 1,000, 500, 100, 20. I arrange all of them like a bank. When I finish, I count. I count. 800,000, 900,000, 1 million. So what? 1.1. I said, yes. <laughs> I've been laboring for 17 years in this country. Before that, I got saved in 1989. I started preaching, the pastor in 1995. So I've been, been pastor for 27 years. And so God is looking at me and working for him and following him for 27 years to reward me. When I came to Ghana 17 years, I've been pastoring churches. I don't know how many of the fathers will get off here like I get on my birthday. The anointing, anointing 
brings money. I don't have to do business. Business, business takes me away from burning fire in the presence of the Lord. He said, what he gave, the instructions he gave is that you have to burn incense in my presence. That's how come Zachariah, John the Baptist's father, he also was burning incense when the angel appeared to him and said, your wife Elizabeth will be pregnant. Because all that uh, 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 Zachariah was in was to burn incense. The Bible says he was from the course of Adam. These sons of Aaron were anointed and ordained to minister as priests. Can you imagine what people do with anointing and the ordination upon their life? Can you imagine what people do with it? Many people, let me tell you, folks, I hope I don't offend you by what I, by, by what I say. You have, to, you have to see things from a different perspective. When the prodigal son came home, he received him. He didn't say anything to him. It was a senior brother who said, but this guy who has got to spend money with dangles, you receive him back? The father did not utter a word about what the son had gone to do and come back. You think he wasn't thinking? He had some things in his head that he didn't say. Many of us are going and doing our own things. God has not told you anything and you think that God is happy with you. You, you, have, to, you have to know what is in my heart to understand me. Pastor Samuel, the summer person, told me a couple of months ago that I carry an ancient anointing. I was surprised that he told me. I've been thinking, I've been thinking, and the Lord confirmed it to me by His word. Did I carry a It means that an anointing that has been around before. The old anointing kind of shakes things. It's like forget not the ancient landmarks that your forefathers have set. That things used to be a certain way until we felt that we are now wise. And it is those places God, is, God has brought me to Ghana to take a few things that are in my short life, bring them back to how it's supposed to be. And so newer people, the new generation, will not accept what I'm saying. You have to be very ancient to understand what I'm talking about. Look at Pastor Sanzo. If any man of God, big man of God that you know, check their sons and see where they are. And I grew up in Holland. My daughters, they are all uh, European citizens. When I was looking for a place for them to go to school, I could have easily sent them back to Holland. That's what we used to do. That's the passport they have. And I said, no. I want you to go to London. I made the decision based on the fact that our church is more stronger in London than in Holland. Because in all my decisions... I'm not just trying to help them to educate themselves or educate them. I want them to also have God as a central part of their education. So it's not like I'm going to school and I forget God. No, I'm going to school. And I'm going, and my, my daughters are active in the church. STT is here. She's still organizing dancing style uniforms from from Diana. So. Look at what, and they are even girls. Like girls, you're going to marry a man, man, going to sex, she, and I kind of think what's going to happen, you know. So you, you can put them on the side. Let's talk about the men. 
There's fathers and sons, fathers and daughters. So you can excuse the ladies. Ladies, you can go home. If you like. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But that, I mean, no matter what you, what, you, what you do, when a woman catches an anointing, her marriage can change her core. It, the same thing can happen to a man, but you see, a man is a little different. It is more likely in a woman who gets an anointing that a husband can affect her ministry more than a man. Most men or some men are stronger. The woman is supposed to submit, so when she has to submit, it affects what she has to do. There's a woman who can also affect your husband's anointing. Like Delilah affected Samson. And Jezebel affected Ahab. And Eve affected our grandfather Adam. It's right there. These sons of Aaron were anointed. These children of the men of God were anointed. They were not just anointed, but they were anointed and ordained for a purpose to minister. Not, not to be just educated, to minister. To minister. As priests. As priests. Are you with me? Are you thirsty? Unfortunately, I don't believe in giving water during my meetings. Right? So I'm sorry. You're facing you get something to do. I am I is a wicked man. <laughs> we just have set time aside for things. So, don't, uh, don't start. Okay. okay. Verse what? Three. Uh-huh. We are there. Four. I think we we're going to read a lot of scriptures today. But Nadab and Abihu died in the Lord's presence in the wilderness of Sinai when they burned before the Lord the wrong kind of fire, different than he had commanded. Since they had no sons, since they had no sons, geez, I'm sorry, since they had no sons, <laughs> this left only Eliezer and Ithamar to serve as priests with their father. You, know. you see the heritage? So, in other words, if they had sons, Eliezer and Ithamar would have even not be the ones to be mentioned here. Now, they died in the Lord's presence. It means that you can be in the church as a pastor's son, but you are, die, you are dead. It means that your, your spirituality, there's, there's nothing. It's not blooming. There's no blossoming. There's no flowering. There's no beauty. You are just in nature. You're just there. You're just playing some keyboard. You're just playing some drums with all due respect to these things. You are just doing some mixing and, and, and fixing amplifiers. But that is not the priesthood. That is not the priesthood. The priest is the priest. The keyboard is the keyboard. The media person is the media person. Let us not interchange priesthood for music. And even the music that many people compose is about Guyana and peace for Guyana, not for the church and not for God. It's not about the cross and how Jesus loved me and how Jesus died for me and how God you are great. It's about one Guyana. It's about beautiful Guyana. It's about peaceful Guyana. You think God cares about Guyana that way? When you are a pastor's child, you are a priest, ordained, anointed and ordained, you are dead in the presence of the Lord. You are dead.
So Eliaza and Ithamar continued. Next verse. Then the Lord said to Moses, that's a, a, a beautiful scripture to memorize. Numbers chapter 3 verse 5. Then the Lord said to Moses, if you don't know any Bible, the scripture in the Bible. <laughs> Numbers chapter 3 verse 5. Then the Lord said to Moses, do you know any scripture? Uh, no. Numbers chapter 3 verse 5. Then the Lord said to Moses, yeah. Call forward the tribe of Levi and present them to Aaron the priest to serve as his assistants. So you see that God's intention was for Aaron and his sons to continue in the service. But Nadab and Abihu disappointed God. They went off. And since it was a generational something, it's that now somebody else has to come in because the thing is coming from generation to generation. It's, it's falling, it's going down. As assistants, next verse, they will serve Aaron and the whole community performing their sacred duties in and around the tabernacle. Verse 32. Eliezer, son of Aaron, the priest, was the chief administrator over all the Levites. With special responsibility for the oversight of the sanctuary. So you see, it came from Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, Eliazar, Ithamar. Then you go to Judges chapter 20, verse 28. Judges chapter 20, verse 28. The Bible says in Judges 20, verse 28, that Enphinehas, son of Eliezer, and grandson of Aaron, was the priest. The priesthood has not left Aaron's family to somebody else's family. The heritage and the inheritance is still there. If you go to Gaffors, Gaffson's and Sons Limited, it's going to be difficult to see somebody who's not a Gaffors in power and running and owning the company. Are oh, you know what I'm saying? Yes. yes. If it's a female Gaffors, she'll be running the company. Sons and daughters. For generations to Any Gaffson or Gaffors who makes the mistake to sell the company, the people who do will be, will be against him. Because it is an established order. This is a family thing. Sometimes people don't even have papers about it. Where we are in, in the West Bank, as I went to discover the boundaries and all of that, somebody came to fight me. Only to say that the, the part that I'm trying to put, the part is not we own, it's for she grandmother. Grandmother? Grandmother, man? It's not her, so she's fighting for her grandmother's property. So you see that here, Phineas, so from Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, Eliaza Itama, now Itama has risen up, and then Eliaza has risen up, and then his son Phinehas is now the priest. Oh, how beautiful it would be to have a pastor bring forth a pastor, and the pastor bring forth a pastor to the third. This is the third generation pastor. It should be common in our time that we have third generation pastors. Fourth generation pastors, fifth generation pastors, sixth generation pastors, men of God who are from the seventh generation. 
It's so sad that sometimes the first generation, the priesthood just ends after the day. Right after the first generation, the priesthood has ended. And then you see that there's some anointing in the family and nobody's tapping into it. There's a heritage in the family. Nobody's rising up to it because everybody else wants to succeed in the society. Neglecting and ignoring their, their heritage, which is divine and which is a priesthood. And Phinehas, son of Eleazar, and grandson, that's the third generation of Aaron, was in Judges. So Moses's, Moses's five books have passed. Joshua's book has come to pass. The next book is Judges. During the time of Judges, they are saying that this guy, Phinehas, was the priest. Third generation priest. Can we have third generation priests in our, in our country? Can we have people whose parents were pastors and they rose up and they also gave birth to children who also are pastors? Can we have that? Unfortunately, when you have the maximum of two, then the thing, the thing shifts. My children to be lawyers, my children to be doctors, my children to work at PAHO, children to work at uh, ECOWAS, work at UN, work at CARICOM, not mindful of the heritage that is God's. And it is that heritage that brings all the things that people are working in the world for. You, you, your mind has to receive what I'm teaching. Your mind has to receive what I'm teaching. Otherwise, Otherwise, you will not step in. And you spend the rest of your life, you know, with anointing, priesthood, and wrap you, you just make it, you make uselessness. You make it useless. Phineas, third generation of Christ. Wow. Give Jesus a big hand clap, you know. Another one of the priesthood, First Samuel chapter 2. Is lunch ready? We're going to lunch break this time. Beautiful. Wow, I'm hungry already. Who is hungry with me? Only five people. Okay. <laughs> I know. I thought pastor's children don't eat. They fast all the time. <laughs> No, but Pastor Kavi, you're not a pastor's child, so you, I know you're hungry. <laughs> Samuel, how did you get here? Did you come by yourself? Daddy brought you. Tell Daddy you're good. You don't even want to go home today. We are okay. We're happy. You get juice, you get everything. No, Joshua is here also. First Samuel. So this is, and I'm talking to you about divine heritage and how the priesthood, the prophetic, and then the birthright has juices in them from generation to generation. It is stored up for you. My father, my father built a house. I don't know what it was my age when he built a house. He struggled to build a house. The grace of I've built a house. I've also built a house. And I'm still there. It was the other day that I challenged. I read something in the Bible. But the Solomon finished the temple after, I think, 20 years. Solomon built his house for 13 years. And then he taxed when 
the people that were submissive to Israel that his father conquered, he taxed them from the levies of the people. That's how he built the temple and his own house. It's in the Bible. You can go and read. I'm building the house by myself. I'm the contractor. When my father was building his house, we all had to chip in. Be my father's car. Myself and my big brother, we had to put money together. I bought a car. And my big brother says, okay, he, he doesn't want me to just get the blessings alone. So he sent me money to clear it from the bath. And I drove it all the way to my father's house. Late in the night, I arrived. Volvo 440. I said, Volvo. In the morning, I handed him the key. I said, Daddy, all you expect. Never bought you a car. This is a car. My mother never grew. My mother always said, I'm proud of this But I guess I took my life out. Your mother drive. If you don't follow the calling, I don't know whether your wife will drive. But the type of car you drive, you drive some little small beetle. Spacio. See daddy driving four wheel drive, mommy driving four wheel drive. It's anointing. It's the priesthood. Yeah. Don't come and ride motorbike. Motorbike. I mean, there's no problem with riding motorbike. Even Goldie's throwing away his motorbike just now. You wait and see. Because <laughs> when you see Goldie and his wife on a motorbike, he's like, ah, police, please arrest that man there. <laughs> He's breaking the bike. It's an offense. How can you mistreat a bike like that? <laughs> and Lira must grow up and buy a car. You must buy your car early. If you walk away from it, if you walk away from it, you will struggle out there so much. You get tolerated. I'm seeing the problem outside. Whoever brought it, I'm sure there are parents inside. So I don't see a princess car who can get this thing by himself. Oh, there's a lot of money for that. <laughs> you see, you walk from babies to come here. Huh? <laughs> there's a heritage, there's something for you. Hallelujah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hanging, it's, it's in the atmosphere. You just have to position yourself. You, 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 you assess it. Amen. God bless you. And then Hannah prayed. First Samuel chapter 2, verse 12. Let's go to verse 12, brother. First Samuel chapter 2, verse 12. First Samuel chapter 2, verse 12. Hey, everyone computer, he chooses a little bit huh? <laughs> Now the sons of Eli were squandrels. Hmm. Is this how you want your name to be recorded in the Bible? Born. Do you want the Bible to say, and the son of Pastor Marlon was a squandrel? Hey, the Bible, even the Bible that didn't like the sons of the sons of who? Eli. Eli 
Eli's sons were wicked. They were wicked men. They had no regard for the Lord. Hey, now, sons or children who have this heritage of the priesthood have no respect for what they have. May the Lord help us. May the Lord help pastor's children. I said, may the Lord help minister's children. The scripture says that they were wicked men. And they had no regard, no respect for the Lord. May that not be said about you ever in the name of Jesus. Next verse. Let's, go. Let's stick to our community. Welcome over here. What does it say? Or for their duties as pastor's children, as pastor's priests. Whenever anyone offered a sacrifice, Eli's sons would send over a servant with a three pronged fork. While the meat of the sacrifice animal was still boiling, the servant will stick the fork into the pot and demand that whatever it brought up be given to Eli's sons. All the Israelites who came to worship at Shiloh were treated this way. So, just like Nadab and Abihu who uh, burned the wrong kind of fire, you have another pastor's kid, pastor's child, who is just the, the, the meat that they have brought to the church, the sacrifice, instead of waiting for God, God's portion to be given to him, they are putting forks in the pot and just taking and drawing whatever they want. It's like you, you work for your money and then you spend your money and you just give God anything when you're supposed to give him a tenth of your increase. So all the Israelites who came to worship at Shiloh were treated this way. Sometimes the servant would come even before the animal's fat had been burned on the altar. He would demand raw meat before it had been boiled so that it could be used for roasting. So remember, God wanted the meat with the fat inside to be boiled, to be, to be roasted or be burnt, so that the fat now becomes like the aroma, the incense, right? But the Bible says that these guys will make their choices out of the meat even before God, before God is even given anything. He would demand, let's go back 15, he would demand, he would demand raw meat before it, had been boiled so that it could be used for roasting. Verse 16. The, the man offering the sacrifice might reply, take as much as you want, but the fat must be burned first. Even the normal people in the church know what must be done when it comes to pastor's children and their behavior. And that's what sometimes you hear. Oh, you're a pastor's child? Why are you behaving like that? Your father is not like that. Your mother is not like that. Why are you doing this? Why are you behaving like that? This is not expected of you. And then you feel under pressure. But you are off. I said you are off. I said you are off. When you are off, it should be said. Anybody who loves you when you are off, they talk about it. I should just let you go off and not say it as a pastor's child. But the fast must be burned first. The members of the church knows that what you are talking, what you are doing, is not the right thing. You can be a pastor's child and you like girls in the church. Eh, Josh, you can be a pastor's child and I don't, are you there? 
Adam, Joshua, are you standing up? You are in the church, you are pastor still. You like girls in the church. You want to hug them up and kiss them up and feel them up. And touch their bobby and thing. Even the church members know that the fat must be burned first. They know that this thing can happen in the church. You are a pastor's child. We shouldn't say it. You are, you are taking the fat before it's burned. That is not the order. You have to wait because your father is a pastor teaching people to live a better life. You have to be the first to show by example that you believe in your father. You understand what you are part of the priesthood and what your father is saying is the real thing. This movement is going to transform a lot of lives. Thank you, gentlemen. It should not be said that there are some pastors children in the church who are kissing up some girls behind the back of Hebron. They are back there. When you go into the washroom there, you see Adam kissing somebody at the back. Adam! Because when you dance, something like yeah, something like yeah. And then people say, oh, Adam is, Adam is dance bad. He's dance bad. Aha, I like Adam, Adam is dance bad. Uh, Adam's head has become big. The man offering the sacrifice might reply. The person in the church says, take as much as you want. This is the church. You can be free. You can even sleep while the pastor is preaching. But you can't be touching girls in the church. Then the servant would demand, no, give it to me. Am I not a pastor's child? Don't you like me? My lips are anointed. I'm a pastor, man of God's child. My lips are anointed. My saliva has power. <laughs> my life will never be the same again when I kiss you up. I bite your tongue. It will be healed in an instant. Bring your tongue. Let me bite your tongue. You're a pastor's child. Right in the church. Biting people's tongue. No. The servant will say, give it to me now. I will take it by force. You don't know what I am a pastor's child. I'll take you by force. You know my father. You know my father. Come on. Come. Take off your panties. Take it off. I want it by force. You know, some people will be afraid, you know, they will say, Okay, Joshua. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Joshua, I frighten you, know, Joshua, I frighten Joshua. Okay, Joshua, I frighten Joshua. I frighten you. <laughs> you frighten me, you're taking the panties off. Except the people, they are doing the wrong thing and they are demanding to do the wrong thing. Don't worry, me, Father. You ain't got for no. Let me meet. You know, you know what my father, when you finish preaching, he doesn't go to the Macarius house. Don't worry, when you go, you're going to go to the other side. When you go to the Macarius, you go to the Macane. <laughs> like we're going to do inspection. Go to inspect. Like Phoebe went to do inspection the other day, man. Go and see how the project is pro- progressing. Are there pastors' children in the house this day, today? They will take it by force. 
wrong things that happen in the church should not be associated with pastor's children. And even if you are, if you are spoken to about it, you have to know. Sorry. Don't say, who is you? Your father is a pastor. Who is you? Who is your problem? Rest yourself. Why you don't mind your own business? Why you're doing the wrong thing? Verse 17. So the sin of these young men was very serious in the Lord's sight. Remember, what we are saying is not what you, because sometimes even our parents don't know because they are not God. Isn't it? Our parents sometimes don't even know what's going on. But God knows what is going on. It's God who called your father. It's God who called your mother. It's God who called your parents. And he knows that you are spending your time and your life doing nothing where, he, where he's concerned. And I'm saying it's not musical. Don't be deceived. It's not media. It's not Facebook. It's not, it is the priesthood. We're talking about divine heritage. The first heritage is the priesthood. Fathers and sons are called and anointed in the priesthood to be priests. Not that daddy is a priest and then son is a musician. So I'm saying all of this is that if you even feel the call of your call upon of God upon your life and you want to go to a formal Bible school, we can help you. We can we can we can help you to go to our Bible school, which which I mean takes people from all, all across the nation. One and a half years, three years. You can, I'm sure that can sponsor you to go. Go, learn about music, come back and do and be a proper pastor's child who preaches. Just like you're on some Facebook and uh, some WhatsApp platform and, and so what? What if there was no WhatsApp platform? In the lost sight, the sin of these young men was very serious in the Lord's sight. For they treated the Lord's offerings with contempt. So that's, that's what has happened. Eli, who also had the privilege of the priesthood, instead of the Hophni and Phinehas receiving the priesthood and then passing it on to another generation, they ravaged the anointing. And that, that's one of the reasons why we are here. That we should be careful that our parents, what they are carrying, we don't rubbish it. Because it's precious. It's not everybody who's a pastor. It's not everybody who's a man of God. It takes a lot to be a pastor, to have a church, to have a congregation. It's a very serious business. And so if you are born in that, in that circle and you despise what they are doing and you don't even want to do what they are doing, there's something wrong with you as a child. I said there's something wrong with you as a child. I'm telling you, there's some demons. We got to cast them demons out of your life. I said so. Reading from the Bible. The sin of these young men, they were treating God differently from how Eli, the father, was treating them. Verse 21. Same chapter. And the Lord blessed Hannah, and she conceived and gave birth to three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. Now, Eli was very old. Natural, like I was saying, she neither should wait for, God forbid, his, her father to die before he said, Lord, I answer your call. Lord. Asha. Yes, Lord, Father. Yes, I hear. Now you hear? 
Whilst daddy was around her, he could help you, he could guide you, he could give you some of his secrets. He, he, he never was around to hear how to do church. Now he's gone, you're in your room crying and hollering that, yes, Lord, we'll do it. You should cry, you should cry more. <laughs> Eli was very old, but he was aware of what his sons were doing to the people of Israel. Sad. He knew, for instance, that his sons were seducing the young woman who assisted at the entrance of the tabernacle. Adam! Adam! The old man knew. The old man. They they, they ask you a question. You're surprised. The old man knows. Normally, the young people think that the old people don't know. I used to take a girl into my room when I was young and foolish and stupid. And there were storms. Adam, I'll call you later. You will come to you. <laughs> and storms, gravels in our yard. So when you enter the, the main gate, when you're walking into the house, everybody hears that somebody's coming. Night, day. So I used to take my girlfriend to the house. And my father's room was right. My father's room window was, you know, was, it? <laughs> was on the right side. In my bedroom, door and window was on the left side. Right. I want my father to know that I'm bringing the girlfriend. So, sometimes depending on the mood we are in, if I'm too excited for what is going to happen, I put her on my back. And so, I walk to the gravels. Only one, one full step, right? So, if my father hears, oh yeah, Collins has come home, all right. Because I don't want to do crack. As I do crack, that girl is doing crack, 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 crack. You hear, mm, that's two people coming. <laughs> In the night, I don't want that to happen. So I either carry her <laughs> or it's a sweetie. Father see me. You are no problem. So watch me. You can move at the same time, okay? In synchrony. So when I do so, you do so. All right? That's okay. Ready? One, two. Don't do it. Next. We do that at the same time, like Olympic, <laughs> Olympic Games synchronized swimming. Then we enter the house. One day my father called me and said, You see that woman with granddaughter? <laughs> I don't want you and her head together. I looked at him and said, What? The man knows things. Oh, yeah, yeah, you think you think you are smart. I said, this man is old. He doesn't know nice things. Nice, nice, nice girl like this. You say, I shouldn't talk to her. Why well, you shouldn't talk to her? <laughs> so Eli, Bible, he knew, for instance, that his sons were seducing the young woman. Is it possible that we have pastors' sons who are sexing girls in their father's church? Is it possible? 
or what we are saying is far-fetched. I'm reading from the Bible. If I had not shown you the best, you'd have said, well, Bishop, mine, he's, he's too far, man. Why are you talking about him? But Eli Sands did the same thing. Yeah. He said, my father is the pastor. Take off your top. Take off your bridesmaid. Let me see them two mountains you got there. Pakaraima and Kanuku. Eee. Don't do that. Next week, you won't usher on the pastor's side. Next week, don't play the drums. You sit down. You're not dancing. You can't be there. You like dancing. You, you like dancing. So, the pastor's child said, if, if you don't show me your, your teeth, your titi, you call it titi? What do you call it? Teeth. <laughs> How you know that? <laughs> you don't show me your teeth, you're not dancing. seducing a young man who assisted at the entrance of the tabernacle. So, it, there's nothing, Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun. What, what has been, has already been. What is, has already been. So, there are a lot of things going on in the churches, pastors, children, all of that. It has happened before. Next verse. Eli said to them, I have been hearing reports from all the people about the wicked things you are doing. Why do you keep sinning? Your father can't correct you in the church. Because you, you feel you are bad correction. You must stop, my sons. The reports I hear among the Lord's people are not good. If someone sins against another person, God can mediate for the guilty party. But if someone sins against the Lord, and that's what the boys were doing. They were sinning against the Lord. So Eli was giving them a revelation. He said, if you sin against somebody, at least somebody can come in and, you know, mediate. But if you sin against God, and for many pastors' children, you are sinning against God because what God has given your parents and has given to you, you don't like it. You are not treating it well. The fact that, the fact that you are passing your exam doesn't mean that God is with you. The fact that you, you have a good job doesn't mean that God is happy with you. As for good jobs, even witches and wizards, they get good jobs. A good job does not mean that God is with you. And Eli's sons wouldn't listen to their father. Just as you come and sit down here for all day and you're not listening to what God is telling you. You say it's the conference you came to. It's the bishop who was saying something. They were too new to you. You don't agree. You don't know. Some people can even tell the pastor they don't agree with what he's saying. Can you believe it? Why are you not the pastor if you don't agree? God didn't choose you because of the same mindset you have. Am I preaching? Am I too strong? Is it too much? Is it too, am I too hard? I wanted to be an HM in Guyana, a teacher. Nobody will come to my school. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't come late. You can't come to my school. If you come to my school late, you go on your knees in front of the gate for one hour. Oh, your knee, you get bruises. Tomorrow, you'll come on time. You don't come on time, you go on your knees for two hours. If I was a head teacher, nobody would come to my school. I don't know, a lot of Guyanese will come to my school. <laughs> the teachers came to lash you and misbehave in the class. As a school prefect, I was a senior boys prefect when I was in school. My head teacher gave me a cane. And he gave me authority to lash anybody who misbehaves. Yeah. I, lose, I used to lash people. 
1986 to 1988. That was in my eleven. When I lashed a boy, he went home to bring his mother. Mother came with sharp pants, want to fight me. I had teacher going to hide me, so I was like, go and hide. <laughs> yeah, no, she wanted to go and fight me. Hallelujah. Are you here? So, but Eli's sons wouldn't listen to their father, for the Lord was already planning to put them to death. Hey, is it possible that you're a pastor's child and you are going to die before your time because you are not listening to any advice? Including when you came to Pastor's uh, Kids Unlimited Conference, you did not listen to when God was speaking to you? Is it possible? You see, if Guyana, Guyana was spiritual, this place would have been packed. If Guyana understood the times, if men of God were sensitive, they would release their children for this program. Amen. Eh? And there's a reason why we say 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock, you've got to be disciplined to come to the purpose at 8 o'clock. But I'm glad I'm meeting you. I, want, I, I love you. I want to stay in a relationship with you. You love me or you don't love me? If you don't love me, I love you. And I want to stay in touch with you. I want you to ask me all your questions and I'll answer them. I want to relate with you. I want to be your friend. Yeah. Friend, I will help you. I want to guide you if you receive it. Because I, I, I want, I want the priesthood. The priesthood belongs to God, not your father, and not me. It belongs to God, and as God's ambassador, we must, we must protect and, and 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 uphold what belongs to God. Is somebody listening to me this afternoon? They wouldn't listen, for God was planning to put them to death. Uh huh. What does the next verse say? Okay, meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew taller and grew in favor with the Lord and with the people. Chapter 3, verse 11. So this is Eli, Hophni, Phinehas, and let's see what happened. 11. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am about to do a shocking thing in Israel. I'm about to do a shocking thing in Israel. I am going to carry out all my threats against Eli and his family. From beginning... To the end. I have warned him that judgment is coming upon his family forever. Because his sons are blaspheming God and he hasn't disciplined them. They are blaspheming God and he hasn't disciplined them. He hasn't disciplined them. So I have vowed that the sons of Eli, the sins of Eli and his sons will never be forgiven by offerings or sacrifices. Can you hear God's voice? God is saying that the, the, this thing that Eli's son, Eli and his sons done, it is unforgivable. Why? The boys of the pastor, the children of the pastor, were doing the opposite of what God wanted in the church. As simple as that. And it wasn't their father, because their father advised them, they couldn't handle it. They didn't take their father's advice. So God who owned the priesthood had to step in and give a stern warning and judgment and say, they will die. I will kill them. And who did he tell this thing to? He didn't tell it to 
Hophni and Phinehas, who are uh, Eli's sons, he didn't speak to their children or their wife. He spoke to a different boy who didn't even have anything biologically to do with Eli. Somewhere, a little boy growing up in the church is who the Lord chose to, to tell some heavy things about the man of God, the bishop, the prophet, the, the pope in the church, and his children. So you see again, the divine heritage on Eli, it didn't pass on to their, his children. The children didn't respect the heritage of the priesthood, which passes from generation to generation. It moved on to Samuel. Because God chose Samuel, who was out, out. He was not in line. Samuel had nothing to do with the line of, of the priest Eli. Chose him to continue. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. We believe you have been blessed by the powerful teaching of God's word. For booking and more information on the ministry of Bishop Collins, please call us on 592-225-6760 or email us at shepherdhousegy at gmail.com. You can also log on to www.shepherdhouseinternational.org. God richly bless you.